To elect a non-human mayor is an unusual thing, but to only elect dogs for mayor might be the most unusual. In the state of Kentucky there is one such town, and it's called Rabbit Hash. Welcome to Two Thirds Focused. I didn't get interrupted this time. This feels weird. Yet. <laughs> and who are you? No, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for Jan, but okay, I'm Rasmus. I guess we're doing it. Oh, I thought I'd just do the opposite this time. It's just like, instead of interrupting, <laughs> just not say anything. <laughs> I'm Jan and hi. And I'm Red. You could pretend to do one of those uh, episodes where one of the guests is not here, so we're just pulling sound bites from previous episodes <laughs> to make it sound like they're still present. Oh, yeah, exactly. We have never done that before. Just mentioning. Oh, yeah, exactly. I'm listening to the absolute chaos. It's it's gonna be something. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's it's, it's a weird one today, huh? Apparently, yeah. I mean, I I started eating and now I'm more hungry than when I started. Because you, your plate is unfinished, just behind you over there. Oh, it's still in the camera. It's yeah, well, I yeah, can I can see it. <laughs> and so are the boxes scenery. that you are still haven't shut up. I cleaned up this box, but you can't see it because it's out of the way yeah sure you said that I'm last selling, time as well I'm, I'm trying to sell books and for some reason i'm getting really good money on the norwegian translation of the wheel of time nice oh. well I, I mean it's not really surprising because the tv series just came out and they stopped publishing the books in norwegian in hardbacks yeah uh so i'm i my there used to be price tags on them of my dad buying them at a discount for uh five quid each i'm selling them for 20 that that that's reasonable. Reasonable. That's reasonable. Well, yeah. Damn. That's yeah, not too bad at all. Words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Words. Anyway, how how's your last week been? Red, you want to start? Oh, yeah. Phew, nothing new. Uh, um, the apartment is clean. Uh, it's been that way since Sunday. So Sunday evening, I decided to search for a moving company, actually, to online uh, do some research to find um, guys to uh, move our stuff as my back is still injured. Um, I didn't feel like doing it myself. Plus, we are going to the third floor without any elevator or anything. Uh, We don't have a truck. So, yeah, Um, the smartest move was to hire people. So I did some research online on Sunday, uh, contacted a few companies by email. And then on Monday morning, I got a phone call from a guy from one of those companies that uh, offered me uh, a price, a uh, good price, reasonable price. May, may I actually ask how much? Uh, 1,200 euros. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Oh, so for, yeah. Like for moving... That stuff that you mentioned before, like that amount, yeah, that that's a really good price. That's that that's what I thought. So I was like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm good. When can you can you do it? And I was expecting well next month, early July or whatever. And he was like, uh, are you free on Friday? I was like, yeah. So <laughs> let, let's do that on Friday. I was like, okay, uh, no problem. Let's so, hope his name is not Rob Ari. 
<laughs> yeah, that's, that's all. <laughs> just to see them just loading everything in your in, in the truck, just taking off. But you don't even have the new address. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. So by by the time this podcast air, uh, we, we should have moved everything into the new apartment because we are recording on Wednesday and tomorrow is Thursday. It's uh, bank holiday, so usually people have bank holidays and so they take the Friday off to have a long weekend for the weekend. And they are not, they are working on Friday. So that's re the reason why he offered to do um, that on Friday. So it was uh, really quick uh, to find someone to get a good deal, good price. And, and apparently they are one of the three best rated companies in my area to, to do that kind of stuff. So I'm cool. pretty confident it will, yes. it will be okay. So they are showing up on Friday morning. Uh, so it's in the future for me, but in the past for the people. No, no, we, we don't that. do future past tense. No, no, no. I'm gonna keep. It. So we they show up on uh, Friday morning, eight thirty. Uh, load up the truck, uh, bring everything to the apartment, uh, take a break for lunch, come back uh, for a second run. Uh, and by Friday evening, everything should be should be in the new place, at least for everything in the kitchen, the living room, kids' bedroom, uh, and our bedroom, and everything. What will go in the workshop, I will carry it myself. I was I was uh, talking to Jan about that uh, before we we start recording. Um, the things that are in my workshop are the stuff that I'm using to make money. That's my job. That's my tools. Um, and I might be a little bit um, paranoid, uh, paranoid, paranoid about that. Uh, but I don't really want people uh, that I don't know touch my tools and and take the risk of breaking them, losing them, or anything because that that's how I I make my money. So. I will carry them um, probably this weekend or at the beginning of the week, and yeah, uh, it, it, it's 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 a weird feeling after so many years living here and uh, having the feeling of kind of being stuck that nothing is moving forward because no place and and no. Uh, um, real project of moving out of my parents' house for so long that now everything yeah. is accelerating after months of renovating I mean, the even apartment. that, it's nearly three months since you yeah. started fixing up the place? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I was I was not expecting uh, for it to take that long. Uh, and I realized the other day, yeah, it's been, it's been almost three months, I believe. Uh, it was a long process. Uh, uh, I was not expecting the, s that they would be they would have messed up the place that much, <laughs> <laughs> and that w I would have so much to do in it. But now it's it's all all done and ready. So um, yeah, it's 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 accelerating. Like the the feeling of I'm getting there is 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 uh, is weird after so long. Yeah, I, I just like what the point out that. All of that sort of fits in my mind as well because you spent three three months being broken and killing your foot. Yeah. Then you spent three months fixing your car, and now you spent three months yeah. fixing your apartment. Yeah. So, so what's the next three months? Yeah. Project? I, I, I yeah. Hopefully will, not your back. 
yeah, not, not my back or not moving. Yeah. If the if the move takes three months, it's gonna it's gonna upset me a little bit. Um, but yeah, I I like to do periods of time. Like, I have I have one more question though. Yeah, sure. Uh, because I have very stupid friends. I have never used a moving company. Yeah. So how how's the whole quoting thing? Do they put things into places where you want them for you? Do well. You, do they do do like yeah. did did you get, did you get the quote but giving them like a a a, a move a walkthrough of the house of everything that's supposed to be moved? That's usually how you proceed. You uh, ask for them their help and they come to your place and they make a list of everything that you want to move and they calculate the volume of it and mm. they they give you a price depending on the volume that you want to move. Yeah, and then uh, how many trips they need to take with the exactly. Yeah. So uh, it depends if they are taking a big truck or a small truck. Big truck will be less less uh, back and forth between the two places. Uh, obviously, a, sm- a small truck will take uh, more uh, trips mm. uh, for the same volume, but you will save on fuel so and and on people. So yeah, you can you can manage that kind of stuff. Um, after that, you are, they have plans. Uh, so the the cheapest one, you basically pack the stuff yourself, but they give you card box and and tape uh, for you to do mm. it. Uh, the middle plan is that uh, they pack most of the stuff, but the the precious or or um, fragile right, stuff, mm-hmm. they, you do it yourself, like uh, picture frames and and uh, like bib- um, I don't know books. Uh, no books, they, they they do it, but uh, everything that can be brokeable, like values or that can break during the the trip, uh, is under your responsibility. That Ming Dynasty vase on the back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and the the like top plan is they do everything, and you're all covered by insurances and stuff. In our case, it's a little bit uh, different because everything is already packed. Uh, I mean, most of the stuff are already packed because uh, we never unpacked from coming back from Japan so it yeah, it's yeah. been all stored in my uh, parents garage for a few years so cal- uh, the the volume was easy to calculate it was you just measure the garage and it's more or less that so they give us a, a quote on the volume that I I, I gave her gave them uh, and we still have a few extra um, cubic meters uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna still give a few more things. Oh, so you're just gonna buy new things? No, I'm. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. That's gonna be a trip down memory lane, though. If you just never unpack from Japan, oh, I, yeah. I bet there are some boxes like hidden in that garage. When you open them, it's like I have no idea. Oh, we did move food. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Oh, my dog was in there. It's intelligent. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's gonna be yeah for sure. Uh, quite. Um, I don't want to say emotional because I I I I I know more or less what's in there, but I I don't have the I don't I don't recall exactly. I was talking my, to my wife earlier today. It, it was do we have lamps? Do we have that kind of stuff? I don't know. We packed so long ago. We had, I have no idea what's in there. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be like Christmas to open up all these boxes and to put them in the new place. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Maybe you can um, share some by. of it on the Insta for some of our yeah, listeners. Yeah, yeah, I will I will try to do that. We bet that in the we have, we have an armchair, a nice armchair that we came brought back from Japan, uh, and we bet with my wife that we uh, still have uh, nuts uh, hidden in there because we had a squirrel as a pet uh, many years ago. Uh, uh, she had oh. the habit of 
putting nuts inside the armchair just to eat it uh, for winter. Uh, so I, I, we don't uh, obviously we don't have uh, the squirrel as a pet anymore. But I bet wow. I bet there is still nuts and stuff hidden in, in it. I have to I have to interrupt slightly. The first host family I stayed with when I uh, was an exchange student in Japan, mm-hmm. they had uh, um, what's it called a, a flying squirrel, a, a dwarf flying squirrel. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Of course, super annoying when you have super tall ceilings in Japan and yeah. it escapes from the cage and it's like, no, I'm stuck in a corner now. <laughs> Fuck yeah. the lot of you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the trick, I mean, the, the good thing that we did is to uh, buy, uh, buy her when she was really young, really little, but she was, mm. she was okay to live on her own. Uh, and we took her out of the cage many hours uh, every single day to just um, make her feel at home in the living room. So she mm. was like, no problem getting back into the cage to eat uh, and sleep. But most of the time she was out. So she was also uh, jumping around and eating, hiding food kind of everywhere. Um, but yeah, it was it was fun. That's, that's not something we can do here because uh, you can't have, legally, you can't have a squirrel as a pet in France. Uh, but in Japan, oh, it's yeah. like so open to, you can have like, Pretty much anything as a pet. But hold on, Salvador Dali. There's a famous picture of him walking in Paris with his anteater. Yeah, but it 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 was probably imported. You can't. They they don't sell them in in pet stores, pet shop. Oh, and probably Salvador Dali. He just didn't give a fuck. Yeah, he didn't give a fuck, <laughs> and just just bought one from wherever. But yeah, there are rules here that are pretty strict, like. Uh, for turtles or tortoise, uh, there are rules. You can't, you you shouldn't be able to buy uh, land turtles uh, if it's called like, like that. Tortoise, tortoise, right? Tortoise, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But but some people have because they they bought them a long time ago and they have given them to people and then they were breed bred breed ah, and yeah. and and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, legally it's kind of difficult, but um, yeah. And other than that, I uh, kept on watching the uh, Johnny uh, Depp trial. <laughs> and, of course you did. And so yeah, I I I am voluntarily talking about it again because uh, when I really listened to the episode editing it last week, it, I I sounded like a a jerk just making fun of this trial and and people watching it and it's not the case so just just a quick word about it um uh i'm not into gossips and stuff like that i i really don't uh i'm not into it i don't people uh talking about other people and the problem that they have in life but to me this trial is is really important because it's the first time in uh, I'm not gonna say modern history, but in 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 like the the few years I've uh, I've been uh, watching or yeah, kind of monitoring the social medias, that a known like freaking super famous guy um, is on trial trial to um, try to redeem himself, but redeem is not the the correct word. Like to prove that he's innocent of yeah. Uh, violence against against a woman, and so for me that 
that trial is really important for uh, people uh, being accused of domestic violence, mm -hmm. but also for the victim of um, domestic violence. Because if anyone can say anything about anyone, like this, this girl is, is saying about uh, Johnny Depp, and everybody uh, believes her, the, an innocent guy, man or woman, person, doesn't really matter, has no chance. So for me, it's, it's a very important trial to prove that someone can actually lie about being um, abused, uh, being a victim of dominic, uh, domestic violence. And, and if in the end, the jury uh, says that Johnny Depp is not guilty of domestic violence, um, it will prove that Amber Heard, uh, one, is a liar, two, is a very fucking bad actress, because if you have seen her testimony, it was just like a joke. But it also means that um, you have to respect the, the word of both sides in that kind of cases, like the person being victim of domestic violence have, has to be listened to and, and believed, obviously, but also the person that has been accused of doing something like that has to be listened to as well because he might be innocent or she might be innocent because it works in, in both, both directions. Yeah. And, and, and people, men and women are victims of domestic violence or a perpetrator of mm -hmm. domestic violence. So, um, yeah, ju just, just to sum it up, uh, I think it's a very important trial for that kind of issues that modern society has. Uh, we have to listen to the victims. Obviously, you have to, we have to believe them, but we also, when someone claims that he's innocent for so long, and that there is absolutely no proof of him or her being guilty, I think it's really, really important to also listen to these people as well. So I'm really looking forward to the end of the trial, which will be on Friday, I believe, for the jury to, to give um, its opinion and, and see how it ends. And, and again, I'm Tim Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't want to go deep into all of that but it's definitely a slippery slope of yeah the, the all you can only listen to the accusing the victim accusing the other one of doing something wrong uh that being said it's so seldom that it's actually a false accusation yeah it might be exaggerated but it's very seldom false that's that's so, exactly my problem because when you when someone is uh um, do, making false accusation and and claiming that in that case she is victim of domestic violence it doesn't help the the cause of women other women being really uh, real victims of domestic violence so it it just it would just yeah. be fair that ju the, the justice decide that she has to pay in any way uh money or otherwise for her lies of telling that she's being a victim because the real victims, it, it doesn't help them. 
if people people have a hard time believing women already when they claim that they are uh, or they are just saying or or warning people that they are victims of domestic violence and people are like yeah no you're not fuck maybe they are listen to them and and mm. if other people are doing false accusation it doesn't help the real victim so that's why i think this this trial is is really important not because it's hilarious that some uh, witness are absolutely insane they are not alone in the head um sometimes it's really funny to watch people just be crazy uh in court uh but yeah the 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 fight is real i'm i'm really i'm not implicated in any kind of association but it it's something that it is um anchored deep in me like justice and also protection of of um i don't want to say protection of women because that makes no sense but but when when a woman is victim of a, a fucking asshole violence it just drives me crazy so um yeah i don't is want is that a pun no it's not a pun it's just just no, like i mean asshole violence no, no, no. It's, it's, it's just like, no, I'm, no. It, no. <laughs> Sorry, I just uh, yeah, no, no, that did, one. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just getting the mood so down right now. Uh, no, yeah. but it is just, it's just really important that, that um, real victims are listened to and that yeah. perpetrators are, are, um, are found guilty and, and have to, to pay their due to the victim and the society uh, in that kind of case. But someone doing false claim, some false accusation uh, is not help, helping the cause. It's quite the opposite. I think the story is known as the cry wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you're right. And uh, sort of just to round it off, I mean, especially in the whole Hollywood thing, as soon as someone hints that you've done something bad yeah you lose all your jobs yeah and and the problem is that for so long people have been quiet and not said anything because the perpetrator yeah. of that kind of stuff were all the big producers or at least one big producer uh and and it turned people's some people's uh lives into living hell because he had the power he had the money and everything so it's good that um a man uh famous and rich speak up to say i i am also uh, a victim of domestic violence so if you are a man or woman doesn't matter if you are rich or not doesn't matter if you are famous or not doesn't matter speak up uh and and just protect yourself well so it kind doesn't of does at least again. in the us <laughs> it depends on how much money you have and what lawyer you can afford like yeah, a normal sure. case like that would have norm <clears throat> normally i don't think it would have followed through with somebody with like a normal lawyer yeah i have no idea but but it's really important that that uh, victims yeah. uh, speak up and, and yeah, even, even if if they, it's it doesn't go through uh, the whole process that they are going through now, uh, just being able to uh, tell your story, uh, express what happened, how you felt, is one very important step uh, towards healing uh, and justice. That's 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 what I believe. So the, yeah, that's one of the reasons I'm 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 watching this trial. So enough about my week, Jan. What about you? Yeah, my week was also nice. <laughs> no, um, the. <clears throat> I don't know what, what happened this week. Um, on the weekend, we went to France. 
um, to friend, it's a friend's place. So that was really nice. Unfortunately, one of the guests there tested positive of Corona a couple oh, of days damn. ago. Yeah, but we were outside. So um, did the testing um, still fine. So still fine. No mutagens, no extra arms. No, nothing I mean, of that sort. Maybe next time. Maybe yeah, next time. Exactly. <laughs> extra um, arms help a lot in the forge in the shop. Yeah. Yeah. Now, other than that, um, our uh, dishwasher died, so oh. I ordered a new one, and it got delivered yesterday. I would say, yeah, yesterday. So um, I spent a fun day, well, the day before ripping out the old one and installing the new one. Mm -hmm. uh, fun fact: the old one died because of the uh, f there was some kind of corrosion happening inside the machine. Yeah. So the the special salt reservoir on the bottom uh -huh. it, yeah. that that kind of ate out, and it was basically dripping on the floor and we couldn't see it because it's all covered up yeah yeah and it was building crystals so we um That's found cool. out about it because there were crystals growing out under that blending sheet underneath there which looked kind of like oh my god is it mold no it's like glittering when light comes yeah. onto it so it's I, <laughs> exactly it's like oh yeah so making <laughs> yeah making math in our dishwasher no uh, I, I i put that like i basically ripped the thing out and it was centi multiple centimeters like inches high underneath that like oh, it was all filled with the crystals and wow. uh they were pretty easy to remove you could, could like scrape them off but i was wearing like the whole protective gear because i didn't yeah. know it's like if it's like salt how concentrated is it at that point yeah, and everything it could be quite corrosive yeah. to your skin Exactly. Uh, it turned out it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Did so, you did you salvage stuff from the old one, like uh, pump or any metal or no, no, no. I ordered the new one, and they take your old machine with them when okay. they deliver the new one, and I paid for the extra service because there's like sixty steps going up to my house, yeah, and another like twenty inside the house. So yeah, I was I just you. like, yeah. Um, 29 euros doesn't sound like a bad deal for no. them carrying it in my, yeah, <laughs> in my yeah. kitchen. <laughs> so uh, we yeah. did that and um, installed a new one. It's running at the moment, so everything's fine. That's good. But it was just, of course, I also used the chance yesterday evening to just rearrange stuff in the kitchen because also whenever you rip out an electronics, like you clean everything behind it and then, oh, I could reorganize a little bit. And so I've I've been quite busy with that. Um, other than that, I haven't done that much because the weather has been a mix between sunshine, rain, and thunderstorms. Yeah, uh, one of the yeah. thunderstorms, actually, the rain was so bad that we have a light outside. The light broke. Oh, it oh, is. Um, shit. Yeah, it's um, wall mounted, and um, it's kind of like that modern looking, but it's plastic on top. And uh, it's been uh, when we moved them like five years ago, so it's been out in the sun for five years. So the uh, plastic was already brittle, but the heavy, it wasn't even hail. The heavy rain was enough to just break the light off completely. Wow. Yeah. I was looking out there and it's just like hanging by a thread. And I'm like, oh, what happened there? And the plastic was completely shattered. So first I thought there's like something fell on it or maybe a bird tried to land on it or something, but not just uh, basically if I touched the plastic, it just completely fell apart. So I ordered a new one there. I'm going to put that one up tomorrow. Yeah, other than that, uh, like I said, it's been a mix between thunderstorms, rain, um, sunshine, high temperatures up in the 30s and then down to like the 20s again, uh, humid. And also, of course, every time it doesn't rain, my allergies keep acting up. Yeah. This is why it's like I just want to scratch my eyes out at the moment. Uh, Sucks to be you. Yeah, exactly. 
says the Viking where it's like 12 <laughs> degrees outside and sunlight yeah. all day. Like, what's what's the weather at your place now? Uh, just now it's changing between sunny and rain, like intermittently all through the last couple of weeks, and it's 14 degrees. 14 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, it was 36 but... two days ago here. 36. Yeah, that's, that's that's hell. That's miserable. Yeah, it is. It is. It. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really hard to. I don't focus think so. It can be work. absolutely wonderful. And I don't want to complain about the weather. It's just my allergies that I'm pissed about. It can be. It can be really nice if you are on a beach with a cocktail in your hand and nothing to do. But if you are in the shop and that you have to work on projects or stuff, can be pretty hard to be motivated and, and focused. Yeah, it's. I find it already to be too hot and humid to walk home without dying. Uh, but I, I do know I am the extreme one when it comes to that. Yeah, but uh, you're also working in a forge all year long. How how hot is it in your forge? Uh, oh, so now uh, we actually have a small AC unit. Oh, damn. <laughs> He's going fancy got... and stuff. No, 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 no. I, it's, it's not mine. It's it's uh, it's uh, uh property. Uh-huh. But it's supposed to be in the cafe. But uh, Quim, the guy who is in charge of the metalworking shop, he basically borrowed it. Yeah. And he's have no intention of giving it back yeah, because yeah. this <laughs> thing goes. This thing goes like full tilt, seventeen degrees, and it's glorious to be working in. Yeah, nice. That that currently that's the only thing that makes me feel alive. That's that's um, the worst. That's like the oh my god, you have like a forge running and an AC next to it. <laughs> oh yeah. Fifty degrees temperature difference between like the forge and no, no, the rest so, of so, the so, place. So I have the AC pointed at my anvil, so when I'm over there actually working. I'm cool. Yeah, that that. No, that's course, not good. That's that's, that's like <laughs> fuck the environment. <laughs> well, yeah, we're also causing global warming in both ends, both by burning propane and heating everything, and exactly. then by just trying to make things cooler while they're getting hotter. Uh, it's real fun, though. Just fighting entropy. Uh, <laughs> but but um, let him let I, him have pneumonia for once or twice, then he will he will change his mind because. What's what's pneumonia? Yes, yeah, so, something you will disease. People disease. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you will discover that what it is. Oh, I'm just uh, sitting here shaking my head. But my week. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Um, how's your week? Uh, I got except killing shelves. the environment. Uh, I'm just doing my part. It's it's it, I, that's what we do when we're in an industrialized country, apparently. And are you in or a, the in US? Just, are, are you in one? Oh, I'm not in the US, I can tell you that. Yeah, oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah, neither in Europe. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, but um, just before the weekend, I finally got my new shelving and workstations and all of the steel plate I ordered to build up my new awesome little corner nice. for the workshop. Uh, and it's been sitting on a pallet since then because I haven't had time to move it. Uh, but I did manage to, today, actually do some test filming in the workshop just to check audio levels with fans going and things like that. So I might have a YouTube video coming. Oh, nice. At some point. Nice. Nice. I mean, I say that, but it will still probably take me six weeks just to edit the video because yeah. that's apparently how I do things now. Um, but uh, this weekend I spent at the market up in Eidsvoll, a garden market. 
uh, and because apparently I am insane in every aspect. Uh, it was eight, between 8 and 12 degrees and raining most of the weekend, and I was standing there in a t-shirt. You are insane. Absolutely. Yeah, it was fine. We were sort of in that tiny secluded corner, so we didn't have any wind going through. So it was like, this is nice. I can I can do this. And then, of course, everyone who was walking around in the rain was looking every color of miserable. Uh, <laughs> and you were just yeah. like standing there in a t-shirt. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just just mocking them just because I can. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, in really nice market. Um, Saturday was kind of shit because of the weather. Sunday was better. But in total, I set a new sales record. Oh wow, that's nice. good. So that's yeah, that's that's kind of good. Uh, and I I I had the welder help me out make a lot of things, and we sold out all of the circular plant support things we'd made, mm -hmm. which was I mean we sold seven out of the eight we made, which is just perfect because I didn't make too many, I didn't make too few because if I'd sold eight of them, I was like, could I possibly have made two more? And sold those as well, or something like it. But when you have one left, that feels good. Um, and yeah, I'm also I spent the weekend then up with a friend of mine who uh, is sort of the epitome of like an office worker and city person who bought himself a farm in the middle of fuck off nowhere, <laughs> <laughs> and have all the dreams in the world of what he's want to do with his farm. And I was like, so do you have a shovel? And he was like, I have this thing in my car. And I was like, no. That's for that's for man. That, that's 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 clearing out like five centimeters of fluffy snow. If <laughs> if you don't have a broom, I was like, yeah, no, yeah, it's it's interesting to see him try to learn everything yeah, about that's tools nice. and making and things. But um, lovely place, absolutely stunning view. Uh, yeah, from from where he lives, uh, he lives sort of the whole property is rotated in such a way. And so high up that even the highway is hidden behind below the nearest hill, so he can only see forest basically. That's nice. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I hate him. <laughs> I hate him too. Well, you, I mean, you haven't unpacked yet, so you can basically still move in with him. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> no, because his barn is falling down. It's you can, really sad. Can help him fix it. Exactly. You know, I can set fire to it. That's, that's and my rebuild. Ability. Yeah, you can do that as well. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I'll, I'll, I'll offer my services next time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get caught. That's yeah, it. Well, yeah. But speaking of seasons and me being silly into weather, uh, wait, Jan, wait, wait, you have a topic. wait, wait, no? wait. You, can you or can you not talk about the other stuff that you told us uh, exactly. about the thing? Oh, not yet, not yet. Not yet? Not yet. Okay. Uh, I don't want to jinx anything. Yeah, okay, sure. I guess that's a big enough teaser to annoy all of my friends, except one, because I had to tell him. <laughs> okay, so next time you, when you can t tell us and the listener yeah. about it, uh, please do. Yeah, um, because that's really uh, cool. It, 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 I mean, it's the usual thing of, uh, there's, I get a lot of weird requests, and this is one of the weird ones where I, I can't, it's no point saying anything until it's actually done. Yeah, no, sure, I understand. Uh, yeah, yeah. But Marius is the only one who knows, so... My other friends who knows him can bother him about it. <laughs> but yeah, ah, nice. uh, topic. Topic. Well, talking about like weather seasons and everything that's happening right now is um, how much does it influence you guys in your projects? Was something oh, yeah, I, I wanted to ask. I did have a segue. Ask. Sorry, I, I I did have a nice way of spinning it off, but that's yeah. But you're too late now, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, the 
No, I, I was thinking about it the other day because I watched a YouTube video um, actually this morning. It, it came to my mind again. Um, and there it was a video well that just released. I can't remember who it was, but it was obviously filmed in December. Mm-hmm. It's like in the middle of the winter. And I was just like, yeah, I know how that goes with like editing and everything until you finally get to it. I have a video that's in there. Well, by the, well actually it can't happen to me because by the time I release it, it will be spring again or summer again. So, <laughs> But um, no, that's just uh, sometimes um, I, I remember that there's a lot of projects I do in the summertime, which I would never do in the wintertime. Not because they're outdoors, but just a involve uh, some stuff that has to be done outside like yeah. being painting or stuff like that and in the winter month i usually like to just hide in my workshop where it's well heated and just do like smaller stuff in there instead of the larger stuff that needs uh some outside work and i was just wondering if you guys are the same it's like did you you realize or do you know that your projects are changing in the summer in the winter time because Russ, you're in the forge like all the time but it's, yeah while it's still survivable yeah, I mean, I, now, now with that AC unit, I'm tempted to actually do some hot work in July, but I don't really want to push my luck. Like, spoiler alert, I, I, I don't really want to work in July because when Norway have that one day of summer, it's just horrible. When it's 21 and... Yes, and... it's the worst. <laughs> what what the worst can... Uh, can it be? What was the highest temperature it can be in Norway? Uh, when when it's summer, for example, I, um, I mean it's been heat records upon heat records the last ten years, so uh, don't know anymore. Um, Above thirty? Uh, no, we no not in the shade. Um, we I think like last year we might have had like a couple of weeks where it were in the high twenties. Yeah, but we don't really peak thirty. Not in my part of Norway. Maybe further south. How, uh, but how bad is the humidity? Uh, well, I'm I'm next to the fjord, so I mean, okay, yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, the the worst thing about, especially using the propane when and, and like this habit of not working in July comes mostly from when I had the small forge at the museum, because it was like it was low ceiling and twenty square meters, yeah, uh, which is two hundred oh, yeah. square feet or something silly, and. Uh, it was like, oh, I if I run the propane forge at a reasonable temperature, I will pass forty degrees and like ten thousand humidity. Yeah. Uh, so I I I would go at it for like half an hour and then have to sit down for half an hour. Yeah. Not to die. Uh, now with a bigger workshop, higher ceilings, and like bigger doors, you can have a draft coming through and the AC unit. It might be better. But still, I even I need a somewhat of a break every once in a while. I totally get you because that's. I mean, that, I need to eat. Yeah, you always need to eat. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, now I, I get you because that's the one of the reasons I'm not uh, not working in a forge during summertime. Uh, and weirdly enough, uh, summer has already started in France uh, this year. Uh, that, that's a natural. Yeah, not not really. Usually, it 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 gets older around June. But... I just wanted to say it's like. Be- beginning middle of june is usually where the summer hits yeah this year it's it started mid-april or something mm-hmm. uh we, we had a really really hot um beginning of it's, may it's, oh for we, don't we, forget we still march had snow coming in the end of uh april oh yeah we, too. May. we we had we had days uh <laughs> this 
and, and I think Red, it was the same for you because we're not that far apart. Um, yeah. We had in March, we had, st uh, I think, two or three days where we're just like pulling out shorts and walking around in shorts outside. Mm -hmm. And then um, I don't. I think it only was like three or four days later we had snow again. Exactly, we had the same thing here. And and like ten days later it was uh, fifteen above the the normal temperature for the season again. Yeah. And it was as I said like two or three days uh, before recording this podcast. It was like thirty eight, thirty six, thirty eight outside. Uh, so it's really really hard for me uh, when it's that kind of temperature to go in the my small forge uh start up the propane forge or even the coal forge and to it's a small one and and i don't really have any window or any way to have hair coming and going air going through here air air going like yeah. uh, um get not rid of the random heat. not random wigs nope. coming in no 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 okay. no yeah. i i burned them i think i think a, that's a horror movie like probably wigs from outer space or something silly. <laughs> Is it in, invading the household? So my point is, it's too hot in my small forge during during summer to be forging in here um, because I, I would probably die. Mm -hmm. uh, so I try to keep my forging for spring and and autumn. Uh, when it's a little bit uh, cooler in the forge and and outside, and I keep, uh, I, I mean, I I wanted to keep my leather work for summer and winter when it's really hot outside or, with, or when it's really cold outside. So I'm I'm here in this workshop, like in the shade. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. I can be working on on smaller stuff and and um, and be at ease. I don't drop dead because of the heat or, or the cold. So yeah, definitely season and 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 weather and temperature has um have uh, an influence on, on what I do, how I work. Um yeah. plus um when I try to do woodworking or when I want to do woodworking, I have to work outside. I can't be in the shop. I can't be in the garage. I have to work outside because of the dust that it makes, right? Mm -hmm. So when it's raining, no woodworking. When it's too cold, no woodworking. And it would not be, I wouldn't feel safe. I've done that before, but I have I have to be reasonable now. I, I wouldn't feel that safe using woodworking machines uh, when it's too cold for me to just feel my finger uh, fingers. Uh, I mean, if if you can't handle machine properly, uh, you yeah. should not use it. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's been it, I've been close to an accident a couple of times, so now I I, I try to be very careful about that. Like, uh, yeah, not not feeling your finger is is uh, when you are not feeling can't feel your finger it's a really bad idea to use a router or, or a, a table saw or that kind of, of, of stuff spinny really things exactly of metal yeah. yeah yeah oh that's fine just wear some window like some gloves yeah big gloves yeah, <laughs> yeah. Laser gloves yeah Let's see what happens yeah uh, yeah but it, it has an influence absolutely and and it's um also why um, on my YouTube channel, there is you can probably see seasons on the on on the course of all the videos uh, or projects that I, I publish because uh, when it's summer, obviously I'm not I'm not forging that much. I'm not doing metal working or hard 
our um, hard work, so to speak, uh, work that would require me to wear a lot of protective gears and and a lot of layers uh, like big coats or gloves and masks and hats or whatever um, because it's just too hot. So, yeah. But on the other hand, one of my most successful videos on YouTube is an old one uh, where I make a... I took an axe head, a very broken and shitty axe head that I turned into a Viking-ish uh, bearded axe. Oh, no, mm-hmm. you didn't. No, I didn't. But uh, <laughs> it's still one of my <laughs> my most successful video. And I think it's not only because of what I did to this axe head, but also because of the settings of the video. And the settings is yeah, it's it's a snowy day. It's cold outside. That guy needs an axe or for whatever reasons. So he goes in the forge, take an axe head and, and rework it in some way that he, at the end, uh, is able to just uh, use it a little bit. And it kind of works for the story that I w- wanted to tell in the video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you I, can I, I, I think it helped a little bit, uh, yeah, like, can... like just being in the, this cold, uh, snowy day. Yeah, you can tell often by the thumbnails. Yeah. Just by, um, I think there's even some um, of your thumbnails where you put stuff in the grass and photograph in there. Yeah, yeah. And it's totally fine, like nothing wrong about it when you watch the video in the summer. But in the winter, seeing that green grass and something laying in there, like it's just funny sometimes how from yeah. a viewer perspective it has an effect on someone. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 mm-hmm. yeah go for it, go for it. Go no, I, I was just thinking about it but, for the kind of projects, there's some because of the weather, but there's sometimes also some for the season. For example, the uh, bottle stopper I made, mm-hmm. uh, where I painted the miniatures. Miniature painting for me, it's always been something I did in the winter time, because you're sitting inside, it's warm, and you got your paints there, and it's usually yeah. like Christmas vacation or something like that, where you actually have time to sit down and um, not, not much to do outside, because I'm not that big of like a don't ski or snowboard anymore so for me that was always that sitting at home warm painting miniatures so for me it's i could do it in the summer i could even do it outside but i just don't because for me sometimes but whenever autumn comes around i get that itch it's like oh are my colors still here okay do i still have something that i could paint (laughs) so yeah that that's something that changes I, I I like that idea because it makes me think of Terrier, our good friend uh, Terrier, mm-hmm. um, that told. Well, you almost said that, right? That's, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm working on my pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> except for that word. <laughs> yeah, except for that word. <laughs> um, the wigs. He, no, I'm not. I'm not saying it again. Um, he told us. Uh, he taught us uh, at Mega Central how to carve uh, like miniature uh, Nissa. How is it called again? Sorry, Nissa. Yeah, that that's basically the head of a dwarf made out of uh, or garden gnome, if you want to be yeah. American mm-hmm. about it. In lime wood that you carve with a knife. Yeah. And I enjoyed that that much that I I bought a knife. I just received it like Ooh. last week. So and and he gave me some lime wood, uh, or Dan gave me some lime wood. Um, so yeah, that's something I really want to 
try again uh, since Mega Central. I've, I've all the stuff that that I need to do. So, but as you said, yeah, it's the kind of activity, the kind of project that I really see myself doing uh, during. Uh, an autumn evening when it's cold outside and being next to the fire and just carve it yeah. just just like you see in the movies because there is all this atmosphere going with the project um, that that it makes it feel right uh, to do it uh, mm-hmm. like that. I I I totally understand what what you're saying. In like painting miniature is like an autumn activity. Mm. Russ, about you, I don't think I ended up with that much of like seasonality in the type of projects. It's more how my schedule changes with the season. Okay. Like uh, from uh, yeah, so n- now May and June, I have this year actually I only have two markets. I tend to have three, uh, but I sort of skipped and or forgot about the Oslo Medieval Fair and they only started planning it really recently so it's like meh mm. um, but from I tend to have one in September one in October one in November and I think I'll have a market now in December as well mm-hmm. which means that I suddenly don't have that much time to do production work yeah in in all that and from habit I know like oh I tend to sell this much in a year so I'll make 10 extra this year but the only time I really have to make a lot of them is either in July which we all agreed is horrible to work at uh, or during the winter time so a lot of like a lot of the production stuff I actually have to do I have to do like nearly a year before I end up selling the item which at the same time is really difficult when you also need to do work that actually gives you money in so that you can live through the, that winter up until yeah. the next yeah, market. All for time. you, it's a business decision. That's that's yeah. a lot different because you can't really, you don't have the luxury to select if you want to do it or not. You can kind of plan ahead, but uh, it has to be done either way. Yeah, and um, it's also the whole thing of, oh, like for uh, the, the garden market now, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, let's... We did like one new product, which was the espalier, the the walls of just rods welded together yep. with screw holes that plants can grow and cling to. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's a new product. It's nice and simple. I would like to have done it more blacksmithy, less welding, actually braiding the steel into corners so they interlock, and then only welding the frame around it. That would be really cool mm-hmm. instead of having every single joint welded. But we didn't have time to do that because we started too late because deal was six weeks delayed. So I was six weeks behind on other orders for clients. So yeah. I was like, well, I shit, I need to get this done as soon as possible because I promised the people. And I also need to get all of this done because the other client, like they gave me a lot of time on the next job, uh, but that's also running out. So it's like, I would like to get them when that last deadline they gave me was, but I also told them like, shit, might happen because it's it's war yeah yeah um but but yeah in in my case it's the boring answer if it's just business uh at the same time i need to try try to think far enough ahead so that oh if i want to bring a new product to market i need to start product development a year before that market Mm -hmm. so when it comes to the the round uh plenty things that we made now um it, that was easy because I figured everything out last year. Last year, yeah, the, the market was cancelled last year, 
but I figured everything out for it. So it's like, oh, I just looked through my notes and I was like, okay, cut at this length, twist it many times, and then you're done. Yeah. Also, if you're doing stuff for the garden, it's probably not much sense selling it in the winter time on the markets. Well, I, I, I mean, I could sell it at discount. I actually did. Some people did buy some bushy support things uh, as a Christmas gift for someone. I was like, well, I'm not gonna. I, I can get the money now, and I can actually use that money and reinvest it into business. Yeah. Or I can get maybe tw- tw- 10, 20 quid more and sell it in six months. It was like, you know, I think I will make more money by selling it now and reinvesting that in the business. Yeah, that's a, that's a pure wait. calculation, of course. Yeah, and, and also, also it's like, well, I, I'm not going to really say no to a customer. It's more like, well, yeah, you can have it. And it's like, oh, you can buy one or I can give you a nice price for two. And it's like, then then I give you to two because I still have a good market upon them. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have a question for you. You yeah. you are doing a lot of painting of miniature and you're also doing a lot of resin uh, work or project with resin, yes. right? Did you uh, notice that the weather, the temperature have an effect on how your paint or your resin cure? Insanely. Yeah? yeah? How is that? Uh, I did... A couple of times I painted in the summertime outside because it was nice and I wanted that was back when I was still playing tabletop games and I wanted to get them ready. And um, the paint dries so like if it's hot outside, the, the paint dries so fast. Yeah, it's uh, it can be a real pain. Paint can so, be a real pain. Okay, yeah, that 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 was a bad one, but you know, it's um, it, it is pretty bad. Um, you can definitely feel it. The same sometimes even with like high humidity. Everything yeah. takes longer to dry. If it's too cold, stuff takes longer to dry. It's the same if you're spray painting something outside. Yeah. And it's cold outside. You sometimes the primer doesn't really stick. Um the the, the paint acts weird. Uh resin is just a bitch overall. Yeah. But this is also because I'm not working with a constant quality of resin. I I'm still like looking for the right resin, like a good deep pouring one, because all the ones I've gotten so far have never really work for me i mean they do for the project but some of them yellow like immediately before they mm-hmm. even oh. harden um, other ones they are uh, really prone to uv browning so just yeah. when people say oh it takes like after one or two years you see it now you can see it after a month they start this disc- like discoloration stuff yeah. like that so because i don't have the typical brands they use in the shows like for the u.s market like i can't just go yeah. out and buy a total boat i mean i could get it but it would cost me in an insane amount of money and why if we have producers around here that also do resin i just have to find the right one because it's all trial and error but um weather dependent yes uh, i have the feeling that whenever i pour resin now it's better because my workshop is kind of climate controlled if mm-hmm. it's closed and i keep the doors shut and everything it stays yeah. cool in the summer and it stays warm in the winter so that's a lot more controlled environment but i had a uh, pores going bad because of a thunderstorm going outside and i'm 100 percent sure because i did everything the exact same way and i did a, the pool with the same resin one day later with the same ratio and it worked out perfectly but something for that for the air pressure that was before i had a pressure pot do you think but it was only the the air pressure or was it also the no, dro- drop in temperature and the, I, I think the rise was, of humidity i had the window cracked so I think it was a mix between like air pressure, humidity, um, and drop temperature. of temperature. Yeah. yeah. And but, uh, sorry, is 
resin in general that finicky or is it just the types you have used so far i i would like to say that's probably just the type i used but i don't have enough experience okay. with that i mean resin <laughs> resin is a bitch to pour in any way because especially yeah. if you're painting miniatures sometimes they don't they don't like certain paints they react with the paint on the miniature oh. this is why I always yeah. uh, i had i use clear lacquer but then i got mm. a clear lacquer which is the resin is obviously reacting with the clear lacquer and you mm. can see it because it's like eating away at the lacquer and all the colors just go yeah. out of the window. Interesting. Yeah, it's especially fun if you're painting a miniature for like four hours to get every detail right. And then you see that whole thing just like <laughs> basically going up just in flames. Melt. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, that doesn't sound Of like course, fun. there's the thermic reaction also if you pour too high. There's so many, there's so yeah. much stuff that can go wrong with that. Um, I leveled it out pretty good uh, with the pressure chamber. Mm -hmm. uh i always recommend if you have the time take a resin that has a longer curing time mm. uh, i only pour epoxy resin i've never tried the uh polyester one polyester yeah. resin i've never tried that so that would be something i could give a try at one point but i'm not there yet or i didn't have a project where i needed it so there's different stuff on it but yes i think that also like the one time i'm 100 percent sure it was because of the weather change outside that that thing went wrong hmm. and it just reacted in a weird way like it hardened completely in one point and then there was like a pocket of still gummy resin in it and i know i mixed it really really thoroughly but it's just wow. like that one and it was the, the top layer like usually it's the inside somewhere that's like gummed up when you you know fill it up in something but no it was the top layer and it's just like okay something probably the humidity something reacted with it that's weird. Yeah. That being said, resin is one of the things I would like to get a little bit into, just to at least understand the process and how to work with it. Yeah. And it is uh, and it is fun and it's absolutely beautiful when it works, but you always have that little bit of risk. Yeah. Unless you do it professionally with like or you have found a resin and you dialed it in and you always have the same environment. But yeah. there is some stuff Th that can that, go That's wrong. the reason was I was asking you because you, you said your workshop is somehow temperature controlled and, and always the same throughout the seasons. Yeah. And I know that people are, well, for example, woodworkers have to store the wood in, at a certain temperature with a certain exactly. amount of humidity uh throughout the year you know in order to be able to just work with the wood uh correctly and and have a final product that is always the same standard yeah. i've actually done that now so a lot of my hammer handles needs to be rehandled now that i'm in oslo uh -huh. mm -hmm. why is that so just humidity change so the wood moves differently okay so it, yeah. it shrinks and it's just become a little bit loose okay mm -hmm. uh to the extent that uh i put a steel wedge in one of my hammers to keep the wood from uh not 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 slipping too much out of the hammerhead mm -hmm. and i accidentally then split the wooden wedge i had in 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 half mm -hmm. so the, 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 the not the difficult way so to speak the easy way mm -hmm. uh, and then i swung my hammer a couple of times and that little wooden wedge just went flying so i have like one and a half wedge <laughs> in my <laughs> hammer yeah. at the moment and it, and it's it sticks there it's fine at the moment but I also know that, oh, I have like spare hammer handles laying in the garage. So like, well, I need to start rehandling a lot of my hammers. Let me bring these handles down to the workshop now. Yeah. And they will be climatized for the, that day when I absolutely need them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the right thing to do. Yeah, it's um, because my workshop is so, so incredible small. And there's um, um, 
heating element that is a how do you call it radiator in there mm-hmm. so and this is just because the radiator is controlled by an outside thermostat which is kind of like over the the, the main we heat with gas and it kind of yeah. regulates because of an outside thermometer to know like if it switches on or off so i have that one pretty low so i have a pretty constant um around 20ish c in there and especially when working with resin it's important that you just look what the operating temperatures are and oh, yeah. especially if you are working like i do more on the limits of the resin when you like pushing i'm I'm pushing it there's layer okay. heights and i don't give a shit about those because <laughs> i usually feel like this 0.2 Is, millimeter isn't that cup. the most important thing when you operate oh yeah resin. yeah of course of course but i haven't found a good deep pouring <laughs> resin yet and in the beginning okay. i just didn't look at how deep you could pour i was just filling it up that's how yeah. i almost burned down my workshop because it was bubbling and reacting so bad oh, fuck. because i was doing like a, i don't know it was probably 0.4 liters 400 milliliter pour. Oh shit! And 400 milliliter is not bad if you're putting doing it in a tray. Yeah. But not if you're putting it in, in like a glass and you got oh, that yeah. volume, that yeah, high sure. pouring height in there. Yeah, yeah, you can actually see it reacting. So that's oh. all the, the learning curve that you have. So yeah. So that that doesn't help. <laughs> so Raz, are your workshop uh, you're working in right now also like kind of controlled uh, temperature wise and humidity wise? No, no. Uh, well, temperature sort of. Yeah. But of course, I'm I'm the I'm the bastard who goes into the workshop and I try to open up all the windows. Yeah, and of course, the garage door. Yeah. And turn on that 17 degree AC unit <laughs> before I start working. Um, If it's not so, freezing, I'm not working well. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll overheat. Yeah, I mean, sure. Um, no, but it's... Oh, now um, it's getting too cold in here. Let's turn on the propane <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more. Like, <laughs> Let's give that no, forge like, a little bit that, more. That, well, honestly, though, that's, that's sort of what I learned. Like when, when you go for a hike uh, and it's cold outside, you, you, you walk yourself warm. You don't dress to stay warm while you're standing still. Yeah, no, sure. And it's the same thing when I go to work and when I am at work. I mean, I might bring a sweater and have it with me, mm-hmm. but I'll only be wearing it if I'm standing completely still, just looking at things. If yeah. I'm actually working... Do you I... do that often? <laughs> like standing well, still? No, never. <laughs> That's why I don't actually have a, have a sweater. Um, or the one I do is like big burnt holes in, so it's basically see-through anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I was just picturing you standing still with your thre- sweater, or oh, well, looking well, at your anvil, doing nothing, <laughs> <laughs> just like. Mm. I think that's that's what happens when I when I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm not even actually standing still. I'm just vibrating so fast you can't really see it. But. Uh, me, me and Kel, I guess, is both doing that. We don't stand still; we just vibrate, so it looks like we're there. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just staying here, looking focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did, did did I answer anything? Did I ask anything? Yeah, okay. I asked, <laughs> but you didn't. You didn't. You didn't answer. <laughs> okay. You're the one opening the the windows and garage door for it to yeah. be co- cold. Well, but, but, well, it's it's preventative. I guess that's what I should say. Uh-huh. Because I know the gas will heat everything up. So, uh, just letting a cool breeze come in now, it doesn't. It's not going to cool down the workshop that much. <clears throat> but 
it helps to keep it keep the heat from building up inside a workshop. But mm -hmm. shouldn't you be in control of the temperature and humidity of your workshop be because your tools or your material will be affected by it? Oh, so uh, we don't have control about it, but it, it's, it's a normal inside environment. Mm -hmm. And there is a, a climate system in the whole building yeah. that apparently works and apparently keeps it nice because it was nice in there in the winter and it's sort of nice in there now in the summer and it okay. seems to be the same temperature cool. so it's like somebody probably got to have control for it but i don't know if that's floor specific or if it's zone specific or if it's just building and there's just this goblin into basement that twists its knobs and mm. do things I, I don't know uh that's why we have windows <laughs> yeah and light Yes. Which is actually my biggest enemy when I'm I'm working with uh, leather. That's that's the temperature yeah. wise it's it's kind of okay. Uh summer winter doesn't really matter. Obviously the leather will dry with high temperature, so you have to be very careful uh, to just keep them mm -hmm. away from too high temperature or from, from freezing as, as well. But uh, UV light, sunlight is is the, the worst enemy of leather. So um yeah i have to be very it, careful it makes about it go that. brittle or dries no it, it, dries it out the oils yeah it? it dries it it changed the color um yeah. basically this, when you want to discoloration is probably an issue with yeah them. exactly um when you when you go in a good leather shop and you want to buy a uh, vectan leather they are usually hidden from uh direct sunlight uh behind a thick curtain or in a um, closed environment or something um and if you witness that you you can say that yeah it's a serious shop uh because it will affect the leather yeah absolutely yeah and uh speaking of lights <clears throat> that's one of the annoying parts about the workshop mm -hmm. is that uh the forging area has generally really bad lighting yeah which i mean you don't want a lot of lighting but you do want enough so that uh like in the middle of the day in oslo now when it was a heavy rain cloud over the workshop or like in front of the, the sun mm -hmm. in my corner of horrible mess that i am hopefully having fixed soon because now i've got the shelving and all that like i mentioned yeah uh i mean i needed to use my phone as a torch to find oh damn shit. boxes yeah you need light uh, well, yeah and, yep. and when i've worked the roses like when i forged them i do that cold so i it's hard to actually see the texture i'm beating into it yeah, because yeah. like cold steel doesn't glow for some weird reason yeah don't know uh, why yeah can still so be hot I, though it can, it can. <laughs> Someone has learned. <laughs> uh, so it's like, I actually need to position my anvil in a way that I'm working at it and not blocking the natural light coming from the windows. But of course, with the new workshop, uh, my new corner that I'm building now, I'll of course be putting in a proper film light that I will be able to swivel and turn around and all fancy things. So that should help to some degree. Uh, either that or I need to make myself some movable camera lighting stand thing that yeah. I can also have. Can do that as well. Ideas. Yeah. I, I, it will probably happen in, within the next decade. Probably, yeah. Probably. 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 Along with more videos and stuff. Yep. And also speaking of light, I mean, it, it looks like Jan is disappearing because it's getting dark. Yeah. Oh, the sun <laughs> just went up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like magic. Yeah. Hit, hitting the light switch. Uh, do do we have more on the seasonal things, or should we do the focus? No, pretty much it. Like, yeah, that was 
We all hate seasons. Okay. Basically it, yeah. Basically yeah. it. If I could have uh, only one season for work, I, I, I'm, I'm only talking about work right now. If I could have only one season with the same amount of light, heat, humidity, uh, I would be happy because all the changes is messing up with my schedule. But on a personal oh. note, having four seasons and see the changes of the season is really good, really nice and very yeah. enjoyable. Yeah. Sum summer is too hot, but apart from that, seasons are good. I'm good yeah. with one season. Summer hot all, way, all the way through. <laughs> no, you, you, could, you could take all the hot summers of Norway and I can keep the winter. <laughs> Yeah, the, the uh, no, having the changes is nice. Uh, you can yeah, in, yeah, I in like the, the same, changes. I like the changes. In the same year, it's... you can have very hot temperature and go to the beach, and also have snowball fights with friends and children, and th that's really nice as well. Yeah, but we can have snowball fights in July. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> okay, scratch that. Go to the focus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I like to start. Yeah, okay. Uh, because I have one that is almost related. It's naturey, anyway. Okay. Uh, Mossy Earth on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Okay. A nice little channel I recently stumbled upon, all about the environment and basically, I, I I've not looked deep enough into it to say this for certain, but it seems to be almost like a YouTube channel that's the front of uh, an ecological movement. Mm-hmm. In the sense that they, they, at least they talk about everything from uh, reforestation, reintroducing wild animals, and rewildening. In other words, like giving up human control of places so that the ecological uh, movements can take control. There can be natural movements of animals, predators, and all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I actually really like about it is that they, they, so far at least, they seem to have been doing a really good job of also say, talking about the downsides and dangers of some of the things some of the projects they are doing oh yeah like uh like how like just re just planting a forest doesn't need to be automatically a good thing or a net positive yeah. carbon footprint thing uh if you do it wrong you could destroy the natural environment on all the carbon that's already bound up there or you could introduce uh, invasive species and things like that. Or and that that is can be a huge problem. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. Or even just planting trees too close together so that you don't have any underbrush and then you don't have any biodiversity. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think people have noticed that I, I really appreciate voices that are able to, uh, not not base things on fact. That's the wrong thing to say there, uh, but they are good at sort of steel manning the other side's argument. In other words, they are saying like, here's all of the downsides that someone can talk about what we're trying to do. Yeah, drawing a bigger and they picture. Will, and they, they sort of they take control of the narrative mm -hmm. on both sides by saying like, yeah, we're trying to do a net good things and here's all the things we take into consideration, including the bad outcomes that could occur. Yeah. And cool. I appreciate that. So that's Mossy Earth on YouTube. Nice. Yeah, uh, I actually have two. I'm gonna start with Steve from Moonshine Metalwork. No. Yes, no. yes, Yay. yes. For a specific reason, <laughs> uh, he posted a but why a, a, a 
well, you're going to be a fan of that, Red. He uh, posted a video the other day, for, a TikTok video to be exactly, yeah. from a oh, guy no. making uh, <laughs> gluten-free peanut butter cookies, which are like a recipe oh, only yeah, with three I've ingredients. Yeah. Peanut butter, sugar, and one egg. Yeah. That's all there is to it. And I'm like, no, not that's bullshit. And I turn around and it's like, I have two open jars of peanut butter there. <laughs> and I look in the fridge and sure enough, there's an egg. I'm going to make that. <laughs> so I copied the recipe. And of course, as uh, the nice guy I am, I send Steve pictures of it. It's like, it's actually working and it tastes freaking phenomenal. <laughs> nice. It is. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy that he posted that because it is such an easy recipe with mixing everything up and making it. It didn't even take, it was less than 20 minutes. They take two, ten ten minutes. Ingredients because you use a shit ton of sugar as well. Uh, yeah, it's basically in grams. Like um, did the conversion. Shit done. Um, metric shit done. Because well, I did I sugar. did it I did the trans I did the translation for it. Um, it's <laughs> two hundred and fifty grams of peanut butter. It's one hundred and ten grams of sugar and one egg. That's not and that I guess much. That's enough for oh. ten good sized cookies. Sounds and I also mixed the, because one was creamy peanut butter and the other crunchy. And those two together were like the perfect mix because you still had those little peanut chunks in there. Cool. And I'm oh, so wow. going to try that the next time with mixing some, also some Nutella in there. <laughs> just, 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 just for the heck of it. <laughs> I, I, th I think I can already sense what's going to be like the, fi the, the official food of uh, Kjell's outpost. Yeah. Yes. Don't yeah. Worry. <laughs> Absolutely, because it can be scaled, and it it, it is really easy to make. <laughs> Industrial scaling. <laughs> Industrial scaling, exactly. <laughs> so there's one transporter of yeah, no. So that that was the first one because um, that was just I haven't baked in a long time, and that video from Steve kind of like we just started chatting, and I'm just like yeah, I'm gonna try that. <laughs> I'm gonna make that now. Yeah, the the other one is um, actually a YouTube channel that I really much enjoy. Um, because I mean, we talked about it that I like love miniature painting, and that guy makes dioramas. And this uh, Boily Hoppy Time is the name of the channel, and he started making dioramas. And he bought those um, little plastic Western, like California gold diggers stuff like that, and he makes dioramas. But what he uses is uh, kind of it's in the Wild West. But it's also oh, mixed with yeah. like monsters, snakes and stuff like that. And um, also a little bit of like steampunk mixed in there. So mm -hmm. the caravans are actually robots or like engine powered crawlers and stuff like that. So he just made his little fantasy world. And there's they're not really moving or anything. He's just making them. He's not making them for a game. He's just making for the heck of it. And I think that's absolutely beautiful. He even has a whole series of Star Wars stuff and Mandalorian. He did Star Wars and Mandalorian stuff, but like what he came up with is his little interpretation of like the modern steampunk Wild West. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And like um, yeah, but with the monster hunters and he makes that little story around it and then he just makes different di dioramas. And uh, it, 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 it looks great and it's just lovely to watch it. And there's absolutely no sense behind those dioramas other than being dioramas of that stuff. Um, it, it, the little bit I can see, it seems like he's really able to sort of tell this snapshot of a story. Yes, yeah. The storytelling in, in those everything. is... Yeah. And he sometimes, well, most of it, he explains what he's doing or why he's <laughs> doing it. And um, yeah, awesome. That's really something really I need good. to try. Diorama, it's, it looks so yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I, really I have the itch now also. Yeah. yeah. 
I think it's the next thing after book nooks. It's just like book nooks were kind of the excuse for people to make dioramas. Now they're just like, fuck it, they're accepted. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's a good one. I'll I'll definitely watch some of his. Oh, you're gonna How binge you, watch Red? it. Oh, or, or that. Red. What about you? Um. Yeah. So to do an epanad epanadiplosis. Uh, take that, Jamie. An epanadiplosis. It's when you start something and you end something with the same topic. So. Yeah, whatever. Um, my Big words, don't understand. <laughs> my focus is on all the association taking care of the victim of domestic violence. Um, there is no specific uh, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok or anything. Um, you can just support the one in your country, in your, your area by searching on the internet. Um, those people are doing a fantastic job uh, protecting the victim, uh, listening to them and um, encouraging them to speak up and to uh, obtain justice. Uh, it's super important to do so whether they are women or men. It doesn't matter. Victims are victims and we have to take care of them. And if you hear something, if you see something, if you see a man or a woman hitting someone, please do something that's that's it for today yeah preferably get a rocket launcher yeah or flame flamethrower or sword whatever what what we choose your weapon but yeah just speaking up speaking up is is also a weapon yep yes yes definitely absolutely guys listening now I'm gonna go finish my dinner. Yeah, it's getting cold on the, the, the second yeah. late. Yeah, so, so you so you can be late for the next hangout. Shut up. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Yep. Bye bye. Bye everyone.